Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast, hosted by three friends who were brought together by their heroin-addicted partners. We became each other's biggest support through some of life's toughest times. We're not licensed professionals, and nothing in this conversation is professional advice. But we hope our stories offer a glimpse into how these issues weave into our everyday lives. You're not alone. We can all get through it together. Welcome back to Boy Problems Podcast. Yay! <laughs> Who wants to start with an update today? Okay, I'll start Go with an for update. It, Elise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I guess since the last time we recorded, I did have my second child. Yay. So that's been fun. Um, so just trying to figure out with uh, Steve his meeting schedule. So that's been a little dicey, but yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we actually, you know, a weird thing for me is we did some yard work the other day and he had a bunch of scratches on his arms and he was like, Whoa, I, um, have some scratches on my arms. It's like, I have track marks again. And I was like, what are you talking about? So all along for all these years that he's been telling me that he did heroin, he said he never, um, shot it. He always just snorted it. And so this was weird for me. And it basically it came out that he did shoot heroin uh, and it was just, it was just disappointing. And I was like, what the heck, you know, four years later, he is telling me, you know, he shot up. Um, so it's just disappointing that we're almost four years out and I'm still finding out new things. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's kind of my little update there. Yeah. Yeah. Alex. And we have the baby here with us. So if you hear we little do. noises, it's a little baby. Just joining our squad. Yeah. Um, I don't know. My update is uh I don't know. <laughs> um, I guess as far as uh me and my husband Charlie, um, we found out that we are expecting, so that's new, and yes. adding a whole yeah. complicated a thing whole to this. Layer. <laughs> yeah. So um so that's something I honestly haven't, it's kind of, we were joking before we started recording about how I've, I've chilled out a bit since being pregnant. Cause I don't have any energy to be my normal self. Um, but it also worked well for in my relationship because I don't have time or energy to like micromanage if he's going to meetings or to like think about like what mood he's in. And like, so it's kind of been a silver lining is that like, I've, just because I have no mental capacity or energy right now. Like I just have shut that off. Um, which hopefully now that I know what that feels like, I can continue doing that yeah, <laughs> a little bit more. But um, so that's been interesting. Something I've been talking to kind of my counselor about and like reflecting on how to maintain that always. Um, but it's weird when you are kind of um, when you're kind of like codependent and you don't really know, like, it just feels like normal. So you can talk about codependency and you can try to like think about the things that you do that are codependent, but it's different when like you stop doing the behavior and feel the difference of like what that feels like that you truly notice like the ways that you were, you were being, um, that you were being, you know, codependent. So that's 
a weird way of just saying that I feel like it's just kind of been lifted because I have other things to worry about myself and like, you know, the baby and planning. Does it feel kind of like scary then for you? Like, you know, you kind of get used to like operating Mm -hmm. as a codependent or that's like what feels normal. Mm -hmm. And now you're like in a new kind of normal or maybe it doesn't feel normal, but. So it's hopefully will. It's weird. I don't feel like weird about it or like in the context of our relationship. It's it's like I have bigger things to think about, you know? So mm-hmm. I don't even really notice that I'm not thinking about that until like literally the other day. Um my husband came home and was like, Yeah, I've been in a funk the last four days and I finally am feeling better. And I didn't notice that he was in it like in a funk. And normally I notice like two days before it happened. Yeah. Like, you know, you're like, I feel this funk coming yeah. on. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, you have like, why didn't you say anything? Like, I didn't even know, but I'm in bed before he gets home, you know, because I'm tired and stuff. And so I just haven't been like, not watching, but like really like ultra present to like be managing his emotions. And so when he said like, yeah, I'm coming out of this funk, I was like, what? Really? Why didn't you, well, why did, number one, why didn't you tell me? And then I was like, oh, but you're okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. I was like, oh, okay. I don't know. And so it just, like, what felt really different. Um, But, yeah, so it doesn't feel weird because I'm not noticing it, if that mm-hmm. makes sense, until later when, like, he, he'll point something out or I'll just realize, like, but in the moment, it doesn't make me feel, like, insecure about, you know, are, are things going well? I don't know. I'm not thinking about it at all. Um, it's really strange because I don't know. I just kind of turned off. So I don't know if it will come back, but. I agree. That, just, that happened for me too. It's just like, I ha- like I can't. felt that same way. Yeah. Really? Kind of just 100%. turned off. Yep. It's like, I don't, I have bigger things to worry about yep. really. And I just think. Maybe it's that yeah, like maternal instinct, like kicking in already. Like, yeah. Like, this is, it's I have weird. this baby to protect and yeah. prioritize. So and I'm thinking about a thousand things and none of them are him right now. So I don't, it's different, but, and it's not something I was like consciously doing. It would just like happened. And I real like, I only realized when you've brought that up and like, he said like that thing about coming out of a funk and I just had mm-hmm. made me realize, like I was like so in tune to his emotions. Like I knew things before he did like that wasn't, that could have been healthy, you know, like, just really couldn't have been. And I just didn't realize it because I had nothing to compare it to. Yeah. And then it's gone and you're like, oh, wow. Like, that is weird. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's interesting. That is. Yeah. Man, exciting times ahead. A lot of babies around. <laughs> A lot of babies. Not here, though. <laughs> um, so my update, this is Liz. Um I guess the last time we checked in, Jake was supposed to be moving into a recovery house and then I found out he was using. And so I kicked him out as far as like taking his key and everything and wasn't sure what was going to happen with him. Um, So since then he did move into a recovery house um, and it seemed like things were going well. I was still keeping a lot of boundaries in place to really protect myself because I was afraid of, you know, falling back into old patterns or feeling like closer to him and not really knowing what would happen. And also trying to figure out like 
what do I want for my life? Like moving forward, um, you know, can I keep going through relapses? Like I want to get married and have kids. Like, is that something I'll be able to do with him? Are we always going to be stuck in this pattern? So I was keeping a lot of distance early on. And then after some time of him like living in the house, seemed like things were going well. And by the house, I mean the recovery house. Um, We started talking a little bit and I was starting to think like, okay, maybe this will be like a turning point from him for him. And it will really like could work out. Um, And so it was like that hope was coming into play. And I, then one night I went to a workout class and So I walked out of the gym and I had um, like three missed calls from his dad and a sister and a text message from Jake that just said, I'm so sorry. I fucked up on the way to hospital. I'm so sorry. And I was just like, you know, immediately just that panic came over me. I called his dad and was like, what's going on? And at this time, we didn't really know anything. Um, there was a lot of waiting, um, but we've then learned that he had um, relapsed and had OD'd. Luckily, he was found at a gas station and somebody was able to give him CPR until the EMTs got there and then shot him with Narcan and luckily brought him back to life. Um, And so because of all of this, police were involved. Um, So he actually went to jail for a couple of days. Um, That was a really hard time. Like I had decided I was not going to bail him out. Um, After talking to Alex and Elise and my counselor, it was like, you know, the best thing right now is to not come to his rescue. Um, So I did not do that. His family didn't bail him out either. But just with the way that jails are currently, he ended up being released. Um, And so not really sure what's going to happen with all the legal (laughs) aspects. Um, So we'll see more to come on that at some point. Um, But then since then, he's moved back into the recovery house. And I don't know. We'll see where all that goes. So it just feels like, yeah, it's been a roller coaster. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around everything. I think even like the first couple of weeks, like it didn't even really hit me like, oh my gosh, he was like dead for Mm -hmm. a period of time or like he could be dead. And so just a lot to process. So he was found... I thought his car was like in a ditch or something. How, yeah. So his apparently he was using in his car and then he must have like passed out whatever and didn't realize that he either hit a gear shift or something, but it like rolled back into a ditch and Got there it. was somebody who was at the gas station who saw this happening. Oh, some woman and she like ran to the car and I guess his doors were locked. So like somebody, I don't know, broke, had to break the window wow. to get in. 
yeah, I just, this, I just learned this update and then gave, like, was giving him CPR. I don't know if they like pulled him out or how this happened. I feel like I have so many questions. Wow. Um, yeah. And so. That is crazy. Which like, and he doesn't remember any of this. Like the first thing that he remembers is waking up in the ambulance to the EMTs being like, are you awake? Are you awake? And he was like, why are you asking me that? And they're like, you were dead. Like, and that was like the first thing that he heard. So I don't know. I hope that that is like really sinking in for him, but it's also, it's kind of like, man, I wish he could remember just that, like the fear and everything that was happening. Um, that's one of no. the most challenging things, like when these traumatic things happen, um, is that they are out of it. Like they don't realize. Right. So they have no idea you know, what you went through or how it felt or they don't remember it, it, it at all. And so that can that's really frustrating for me, you know, and it's hard. We talk about like um, – kind of like the way that you kind of your mind goes back to certain like these triggers that like mm-hmm. make you feel these things again and like um that kind of prevent you from building trust for a while but like when these traumatic things happen there's a certain thing around it right like yeah. so last year um with my husband you know there was an overdose in our house and it was like he that was you know, in our bathroom and he was in there for a long time, you know, there's, so there's this little thing that happened like that. And so now like anytime he's like in the bathroom too long, I'm like, well, wait, what's going on? And so these things that like, just kind of remind yeah, the you. trauma, it like, because we are coherent and yeah. for it, it's like ingrained in you and you can't forget right. it. Whereas they kind of have the luxury of forgetting of that. not yeah. knowing that like it's not been imprinted on them and so it's like you yeah. will never forget like finding that stuff in the bathroom yeah and you'll always associate now the bathroom yeah or like with that yeah and then I'll be like all right I'll knock on the door are you okay yeah why uh well because <laughs> about a year ago um you weren't okay in there and so I just had to check you know it's like but he doesn't get it it doesn't mm-hmm. like register like you don't have to ask me why. You can just say yes. <laughs> like you just yeah. But then even if he says yes, you sometimes find yourself being like, okay, but really, but like, really? can like, you prove can it? Can I come in? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So man, trust. I think the same hard. thing happens for me um, every time because my husband gets off work before I do, and mm-hmm. I always call him on my way home, and mm-hmm. he would never pick up. And he's been very good and mindful that that's one of my things that I don't that that triggers me and so he'll pick up every time I call after work and so when he doesn't it freaks me out um Mm -hmm. because usually he picks up um the kids before I get home Mm -hmm. and so now I'm always panicked because I did find him you know basically dead overdose I found him overdose so many times in our house but um that now there's children involved and so are my children around him Mm -hmm. and he's overdosed died so I think this is a perfect 
topic is trust for yeah. this episode. Yeah. I'm like, how does that go? How do you get over that? I don't, is it just time? But then like you said in your update, it's like then four years go by and some little detail comes out. Like, maybe not so little, but in the scheme of things, like right. he's been doing well for four years, mm-hmm. but then you learn something that like they just casually say because they're comfortable with the truth now <laughs> right. and they assume you know and then this thing comes out and you're like, wait, now you were like, it's a new lie for you. Yeah, it's I like think a it new. Just, it just like plants that seed. Then of like, oh well, if I didn't know this, then what other things don't yeah. I know? Or right. yeah, right. Yeah, I just think that the trust. Um, you know, something that we learn in group all the time is, you know, when they're ready to get clean, they know all their dirty secrets, or they think about them, and. So they're ready to get trust back immediately. Yeah. And just like you were kind of saying, Liz, is that, you know, or maybe it was you, Alex, that we feel the trauma. We remember getting the phone calls and seeing them, you know, right. nodding out. And so, you know, we're not there yet. Like, and they, and typically addicts in early recovery want your trust back really quickly and don't understand and get frustrated when we don't trust them to take the bank card or right. to go to the bathroom by themselves. Right. right. Like they're there, but we're not. And they don't necessarily understand. Like they're yeah. like, well, I'm clean now. So you should automatically trust me. And that's like, no, bro. Like, yeah. That's not real. Right. Right. Well, and there are just so many kind of lies leading up to that point where they are clean, where you're like, okay, you've told me before though, when I've, you know, asked, mm-hmm. like things seem off, like, are you sure everything's fine? Yeah, totally. And So there's also, I think, the challenge of just getting back to, like, trusting ourselves and Mm -hmm. our own instincts, like, Mm -hmm. it's for so long, at least for me, like, I didn't know what was going on originally with Jake. And so I remember spending so many times being like, this doesn't feel right. Something's Mm -hmm. off. But he was always so convincing. It was like, no, I have this reason for it or whatever and then I started thinking well maybe I'm just crazy mm-hmm. and then you find out oh no I I was right back then but it's just hard to I guess reconcile yeah all of that and be like feel comfortable like trusting your gut again yeah and then also trying to trust them when you know how good they are at lying yeah um well it's like what Elise said you know they're when they get clean, they're in this, they're in this spot, you know, like they know what's happened and Mm -hmm. they're like at the beginning of that journey, but we are behind. So, because we don't know everything that's happened and we're like trying to pick up the pieces behind them all of the time. And we're not to that point where we're at the same spot where it's like, okay, this is a clean slate. Let's get started because mentally like we're still recovering or we're still like trying to put the puzzle together and like understand like the behavior and try to rationalize things that aren't rational or maybe way too long. But Mm -hmm. that's what kind of makes it hard to, to like trust, but also just like to recover alongside them is that we're just in two really different places. Yeah. And I think we're always trying to catch up a little bit. Like, you know, they have to, for their own recovery, kind of forget and move on a little bit. Like mm-hmm. they have to kind of set it aside for a second and get started. And because we went through it, there's just so much more emotional. I mean, I'm sure they have a lot of emotional stuff to get through as well, but with us in that dynamic, there's just so much more that we want to know now and like resolve that they're just not ready to do. Yeah. Which makes it harder. I don't know. 
Well, and they can't probably remember all of the little details right. and things. And so like, yeah, eventually over time, more things come to light as their brains are getting clearer and mm-hmm. they're becoming more honest with themselves. But then when that happens, you know, you're like, oh, but two weeks ago you said it was this or right. a month ago. And so it's trying to track all of that and it just makes trust really hard. Yeah. So how have you guys done that? Like how, how have you at least like re- rebuilt trust over the last four years? Yeah. I mean, I think it's just one step at a time. I wish there was like a magic button that you could just say like, Oh yeah, you do this. Or after six months, you know, um, you know, uh, my husband stole tons of money. And so one of the ways that we built back trust up again <clears throat> was he brought me every single receipt for every single thing he purchased. Mm-hmm. And so after time, like now we're four years out, I don't care that he doesn't bring me receipts. And yeah. like, if he says that he went to CVS, like I trust that he went to CVS and got medicine. And so I think it's just those little things, um, you know, and, and what else did he do? Yeah, we did something similar with the money because that was, you know, he was going to the ATM to get out cash and ways that like I didn't see because our bank accounts are separate. Mm-hmm. And so part of building up trust early on in um, Jake's recovery was that like I had access to his bank account and then he did share like receipts and mm-hmm. I don't know that could seem like micromanaging, but mm-hmm. at the time it was like this is what I need to do to get some like peace of mind to see like what you're doing yeah um and it's not something that we did forever Mm -hmm. um but yeah just any little tricks like that what did you guys do as far as money was money a trust issue for you or no he never um no he um never really hit it so like just kind of the nature of his relapses like it was almost like a, well, fuck this. I'm going to do what I want to do. So he would withdraw money from the account and I would see it. it was, he wasn't like trying to hide it. It was just mm-hmm. like, that's what's happening right now. Like he had made up his mind and didn't care about the consequences essentially. So, I mean, we have a shared, we've had a shared banking account for a long time and I would watch it. But so I knew if I saw that, then that was something that was happening. Yeah. And that if, if he had gotten to that point, then um, he was, you know, he didn't care what I thought about it. Um, so when he was ready to get clean, the bank account didn't matter so much because he, I mean, it just really didn't. But because of his, um, he is a barber. And so he gets cash like tips. Oh, yeah. And so the cash was a big thing. Like, so for that, I mean, at the beginning, we tried to like track it or like ask his work to put it on his paycheck versus giving him cash payouts every day. And all of that was just like, I don't know. It caused more problems in our relationship because he just forgot. And then like, even when he was being honest and, but didn't bring it, like I thought I just was like, well, something's going on. And he's like, it's not, I just forgot. Or this Mm -hmm. happened at work and I couldn't make that happen. So that just got to be so much that we kind of just stopped that. And it was just like, look, I kind of just said, you know, if you want to do that, then you're going to do that. I'll find out one way or another. So um, I don't know. I just kind of, right or wrong, I guess I just like gave up on that. Like it was just too hard and like caused, it just was a lot of stress on me. And then like every day waiting and like, does he have cash? Does he not? And like Mm -hmm. in the, in his line of work, 
he might get $50 one day and zero the next, but I would be like, well, you had $50 yesterday. What'd you do with your $50 today? It's like, that's not how it works. Right. <laughs> so, you know, you know, it's like this fine line of trying to control it. Yeah. But then also like building back the trust. And so it's just, yeah, for me, it was more like I had to just let go of that. And just, I ch- like, I made, I made a mental decision. Like, you're going to decide to forgive and try to move on mm-hmm. and hope to rebuild the trust over like t- over time, but not like I just had to let go of the things in the past because it was co- like I tried that for a long time of like, okay, you have to do these things. And like, it was just really hard for him to kind of meet those demands. And then it caused more stress when he was trying to do really well mm-hmm. um, and discouraged him from like pursuing that. And also in our relationship, it just, the dynamic was weird. It was like, I was the police of this thing. Yeah. It and, is very easy, I think, to like go into that more yeah. of like a policing role. And yeah, it just wasn't good for us. It doesn't feel good for either party. Yeah. So because of that, I just think that we had a little bit less structured journey to trust because it, I just let go of that. Like, so he did his whatever kind of just like resigned to the fact that he's going to do what he wants to do no matter what. Like he can bring cash tips home one day and not the next. And no matter what I do, I can, I can count all the money there. It doesn't matter. Like if he yeah. wanted to spend it, he would. And he could always find a different way to. Exactly. That's, I know it's almost like a false yeah. sense of security yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Cause it really is. I think the thing that builds up the trust the most is them you know, doing the right actions mm-hmm. over an extended amount of time. But right. I don't know. I don't know. Do you feel like you'll ever like 100% trust them? No. I don't, yeah. I don't know if you can. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if you can ever. Yeah. No, I was going to say anyone. Like if, I don't know if any wife can 100% trust their spouse. I don't know. Maybe you can. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, probably you can in a yeah, normal relationship not screwed over, but I think that you like, at least me personally, like I need to feel like I need to protect myself. Yeah. Um, you know, because there's a very real possibility that tomorrow my husband could just go out and use. And so there's just a little part of you that has to, you know, I remember before he relapsed, like I thought we were on cloud nine and everything was wonderful. And you just let yourself get into this. Everything is hunky dory. And then, oh, wait, they relapse. Okay, your world comes crashing down again. So I think you always have to have that wall up, unfortunately. You know, it's maybe it's a short wall. could be a big wall, but it's it's there that you just know, at least for me, that in the back of my mind, that it's a real possibility that it could happen at any time. And so I just have to protect myself. Yeah. I still that's trust the same. him, though. I mean. Yeah, that's the same. Like, I trust him. And I believe that he wants to be in recovery. You know, and like... That wasn't always true at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know if his intentions were, like, on that same path. Like, I didn't think he did. Like, it, he would say now, like, he wanted to continue using. But when those things align, like, when he's, like, working for recovery and I know that he genuinely wants that, it's easier to trust him. And, like, you know, if things happen, then a lot of times o- over time, you know, he comes clean. And he's like, look, I'm trying, but this happened. I'm making these adjustments. Like, gotta just try again that's all I can do and when so over time like experiencing that with him like you know the first relapse is um the first relapse that your world does come crashing down and I think um you know and maybe it does for them too but then 
um, kind of like what we were saying, like time just helps heal. And so over time, and then like if something um, has happened and him being honest about it, and that helps build trust, mm-hmm. even if there was a lie, you know, wrapped in that relapse, just the coming clean and getting back on track. I think those things help to kind of keep building that even though even when there's like mistakes being made so right yeah like this episode we hope so if you want more from the women of boy problems podcast please join us at patreon at recovering Two. we will be releasing exclusive content and we also have an option where you can connect with us every month for 30 minutes one-on-one we hope you join us there back to the episode Yeah. So for me, I feel like I'm in an interesting place right now. Um, cause when Jake first went to recovery six years ago, I felt like we went through that time of the initial, like building up trust. And like I mentioned the bank account and things like, you know, I was watching him take Suboxone every day. So that I knew that was happening and I can't remember really like a specific moment in time, but somewhere along the line, like I just started feeling more like relaxed about things. And there was like that less like daily worry. Um, And it was probably had a lot to do with, he was going to his meetings, he was staying clean. And, you know, that's not to say that occasionally like things wouldn't pop up where, you know, you just get like a weird feeling, but it would like pass quickly or, I don't know. And so we had that for a good chunk of time. Um, And then now I feel like we're like back to square one or even like worse. It might be harder this relapse because we're not together living together. Like in past relapses, it was like we were building up that trust, but I was seeing what he was doing. Mm -hmm. Like, because he was still living at home, like I saw him come home every day and I could like put eyes on him and say like, okay, he doesn't look high. So he's saying he's not high. He doesn't look high. He's probably not high. And like, he's going to meetings Um, right now with him living in the recovery house and us not really seeing each other. um, I've seen him like once in the last three weeks, um, not seeing each other, not really talking a whole lot. Uh, it's just hard to really know what's true. Like he's been saying a lot of good things of, oh yeah, I'm going to the meetings or the guys at the house. Like we all went to a meeting together and we got dinner. And so I'm like, oh, I hope that's true. But then Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I have any way to really like gauge it, if that makes sense. So I'm just trying to practice like an I don't know, an awareness or something of like, okay, this is a good testing period of this is really all on Jake and whatever he's doing, whether you think he's doing something or not doing, like I literally have no control over it right now, which is probably the first time Mm -hmm. in our relationship that I haven't had some bit of control. You know, when they're, you're living with them, it's easy to be like, do this or like, oh, are you going to a meeting? And then they Mm -hmm. might do it whether they want to or not. And so, yeah, I think that's the hardest part is like just letting go of that control right now. And mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if we're building trust or not building trust at the moment. I'm just trying to like 
mm-hmm. move forward each day and feel okay with, I don't know what's happening in my life. Mm-hmm. It all feels very jumbly right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I mean, I think we've all brought up some really good points and just different things of how, you know, how we're feeling. And, you know, I think we're all kind of at different points on our trust journey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the thing also is that it's, there's not a clear trajectory mm-hmm. in the journey. Like, you know, you can be taking steps forward, like moving up in trust, and then there might be some random trigger. Like you find right. out about yeah. the shooting up or, you know, you see money being spent, which turns out to be like a normal expense, but maybe mm-hmm. you just go back to that. Like, oh, that doesn't feel right. And you've like, take a step back and then yeah. you move forward. And so it's like this constant um kind of like a sliding it really is. scale. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it doesn't look the same in any one relationship. Like it doesn't, like we all have taken different ways there and mm-hmm. things that like we felt comfortable with doing that our part that worked like with our partner and, and the relationship too. So it's just not a simple, there's not a simple fix, but yeah, we would, be millionaires if there was if you could, like, <laughs> be like here is the solution we just could, like, do sell it on x TV. y and z <laughs> and you know this everything will thing. be better you could just write a book and like mm. make millions yeah let's do that yeah all right cool well i think that kind of wraps us up yep thank you for tuning in for uh boy problems podcast and keep coming back Thanks for tuning in to Boy Problems Podcast. If you enjoyed today's discussion, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this episode. Find us on social media, and if you have questions or ideas for topics, email us at hello at boyproblemspod.com.